was walking through church and I was carrying my baby in her car seat while she slept, and I came across an older woman who my wife and I actually love quite a bit. And she saw me carrying my baby, and with a slightly surprised and impressed, but almost vindicated look on her face said, well, I'm glad to see dad stepping up and doing some work. You know, in my mind I thought, excuse me? What example of a dad was she comparing me to? Why was it such an acceptable, almost automatic notion that a dad who is pitching in and working at being a dad is such a societal pariah? Why does it come as a surprise when a dad is active and involved? Hardworking, doting fathers should not be an exception, they should be the rule. Given my best guess, I'd say this woman was probably born in the 40s, maybe early 50s, and no doubt she lived through some interesting times here in the United States. From the 50s to the 90s, according to a couple of studies, fathers went from being a father-knows-best authority figure to a father-is-unnecessary format, both in TV shows and in commercials, and the biggest switch and line of clearest demarcation happened in the mid-80s, probably about the time that this woman had late teenage or young adult children. And I was reading in this article that is essentially a big analysis of a bunch of studies on this topic, where I saw these few studies highlighted. One study confirmed the hypothesis that the more recent the program, the more foolish the portrayal of the father. An example of this is the amount of jokes aimed at undermining the dad quadrupled. Shows like Father Knows Best, Leave it to Beaver, Good Times, or The Cosby Show were replaced with Married with Children, Roseanne, The Simpsons, and That 70s Show. There was an exchange of wise fathers for foolish fathers in the country's most popular and viewed TV shows. Another study aimed to show a correlation between the depiction of gender roles within a family. For example, a wise father and a supportive mother and the overall harmony in the family. The more equitable the gender roles, the more harmony was displayed in the family. And the less equitable the gender roles, the less harmony was displayed in the family. They were able to show that the more negative portrayal of the father in the show centered on the father's ineptness, aloofness, or chauvinism, the ratings for those shows were particularly high. Even though the same audience that viewed these shows at the time believed it was not an accurate depiction of their family or families in general, their viewership kept this type of show and humor alive. So more and more shows that undermined strong family values emerged. And more and more, these shows entered into American homes and modeled family relations and family values. Now true, initially families didn't see these shows as a model for real life. However, as pointed out in this article, many of these researchers agreed that constant exposure to this type of conditioning can lead people to mirroring the behavior. The article calls out one study in particular saying, Observational learning from the live and symbolic models, television, is the first step in the acquisition of sex type behavior. So how bad is it? 20 years ago, the National Fatherhood Initiative conducted a review of 102 primetime shows on four major networks from November 1998 to December 1998. Of these 102 shows, 15 had fathers involved as central figures, and only six of these shows portrayed the dad as a positive role model. Now, I don't know about you guys, but those were my prime TV-watching years. Millennials were inundated at a young age to devalue fathers. This was 20 years ago, too. I've watched an episode or two of modern shows, and I would have to say I don't think it's gotten any better. It's gotten worse. David Blankenhorn, in his book Fatherless America, said, As our society abandons the fatherhood idea, we do not simply become more aware of children growing up without fathers. We also become accepting of that. In a culture of fatherlessness, fatherhood becomes irrelevant. So over the last few decades, fathers kept becoming less and less relevant, and more and more portrayed as buffoons. 
Becoming a father was one of the most magical and meaningful experiences of my life, and it really saddens me to see this trend over the last few decades, especially recently, that is so anti-father. And seeing as how the science directed at the positive benefits of having a father in the home in a nuclear family is quite clear, I'd say we have some work to do. It's important that we don't allow these stereotypes pushed on us by these apathetic masses that teach us what our worth is to our families and what our worth is to society. I look at these trends over the last few years and realize this dangerous ideology got a head start on me. I was born right in the middle of these movements to marginalize fathers. I did not know I was being indoctrinated by the media that I was consuming, and I've freely made self-deprecating jokes about my own role as a father. I've downplayed and undermined fatherhood through humor and sarcasm, and I didn't even realize I was doing these things until I realized how much I had adopted these ideas in my own mind and that these ideas were actually destructive. A study done at the University of Michigan showed that first-time expectant fathers who watched a lot of television featuring dads believed that men were unimportant to their children's lives. It said that men were especially vulnerable to negative media messages about fathers. And this sounds to me like a recipe for disaster. It would be like identifying the most optimal, scientifically proven recipe for best chances at perfect health and then portraying one of the main ingredients as optional and stupid. Men, especially in this study, tended to view TV as more realistic, which exacerbated the problem. Tell somebody something for long enough, and eventually it might sound like it's true. These shows beat into our heads that dads were not important. They beat into our heads that dads couldn't help but be chauvinistic. They told us that dads couldn't help but offend their wives. They told us that dads couldn't help their children with life problems. They told us that dads were simply aloof. And they told us that dads were always at a disadvantage because they were intellectually inferior. The researchers said that these unattractive portrayals even ran counter to what expectant mothers actually wanted in an involved and equal partner. And I'm not going to pretend for a second that I escaped these harmful effects in this kind of media and these kinds of shows. I was certainly affected by it. I look at my life and the ways that I've communicated and interacted, and I know that I've casually parroted these tropes. I used to think that my role as a dad would one day mirror some of these things that I saw on TV. Dads are waking up to this, though. We see the discrepancies in the media. We're watching these portrayals unfold and realizing that these depictions are wrong. A recent survey organized by Dove Soap surveyed 1,000 dads. 80% of these dads agreed that the media portrayals are wrong. The fact that this number isn't at 100% is still a problem. But a majority nonetheless realized that these media portrayals are wrong. Three out of four dads claim to be responsible for their child's emotional well-being. 51% of these surveyed dads said that they're taking responsibility for their children's daily needs. Men are stepping up every day and being great dads, but the popular media and the shows would have you believe otherwise. We need to protect our families from these kinds of messages. We need to foster good relationships with our children and not let these types of shows mold their relationships with us. In a Time article from 2016, Michael Kimmel, the executive director of the Center for Study of Men and Masculinity at Stony Brook University, noted that more than half of young people named a parent when they were asked, who is your hero? It didn't always used to be like this. This is kind of a new trend. They believe this is coming from men and women equally committed to balancing work and family life and to being involved parents. We're spending more time with our children. Millennial dads are spending double the amount of time than dads 50 years ago. Simply put, as this Time article points out, dads have to be present to be a hero. 
In the same Dove survey, 7 out of 10 American men said that they believed being a real hero means putting the needs of others first. Caring and nurturing are included here. Modern men are willing to be nurturing, willing to be caring, willing to be vulnerable in learning how to care for a child. I think this is a great trend. As it turns out, being a dad, a provider, a source of nurture, knowledge, a source of protection, work, understanding, in essence, being a good father is seen as heroic. I had two thoughts and observations here. First, it's sad to me that society seems to be so deprived of fatherhood that when there are good fathers, it's seen as heroic. Good dads seem to be so unfamiliar and so foreign in today's society. But when they do show up and care for their children, they're seen as heroic. Second observation, it shouldn't have to be heroic to be a good father. Being a good father shouldn't have to involve crazy feats of bravery. We shouldn't have to stand up to a war on men or a war on dads. Long story longer, I think it's overall a good thing that fathers are seen as heroes. The emphasis is returning back to good men doing good things and doing right by their children. In another article by Nancy Gibbs called Bringing Up Father, she said something that was quite alarming and it was really sad to hear. She said, More children will go to sleep tonight in a fatherless home than ever in the nation's history. Talk to the experts in crime, drug abuse, depression, school failure, and they can point to some study somewhere blaming those problems on the disappearance of fathers from the American family. But talk to those fathers who do stay with their families, and the story grows more complicated. What they are hearing from their bosses, from institutions, from the culture around them, even from their own wives, very often comes down to a devastating message. We don't really trust men to be parents, and we don't really need them to be. And so every day, everywhere, their children are growing up without them. I know a dear friend who works for an amazing company. This company is very pro-family. Not only does this company offer three months of paid maternity leave, but they offer three months of paid paternity leave too. Now guess how much my friend took? Five weeks out of three months he took less than half. During our conversations as to why he did what he did in only taking five weeks, he said, you know, I really should have taken the time to be with my family, but I felt like I shouldn't be missing work. It would reflect badly on me. On one hand, the culture at my company says, we care so much about you and your family, go be with your family, and if you don't take all three months, you must not care about your family as much as we do. And on the other hand, it's, wow, I cannot believe you actually took three months off. See how horrible of a conflict this can be? Don't get me wrong, this company is on the absolute leading edge of this movement, but there is definitely work that needs to be done. There was even a female co-worker of his who had a baby a year before him that said, why do you get any time off? You didn't do any work. How misinformed she is. It was really sad to hear that this pervasive yet normal attitude exists so casually. We have to work to change this. It's not okay and it's incredibly destructive. We can change hearts through example. We need to defend our roles as fathers. We need to defend our roles as caregivers, protectors, and providers. McKinsey and company researched millennials in the workplace. They were trying to figure out how to adapt to our changing demographic in the workplace. And you know what they found? They found that millennials chose to stay or leave a company based on the ability to find meaning and purpose within it. What an incredible finding. I think this is so unique and incredible because this is something millennials care deeply about. Millennials care deeply about finding meaning and purpose. And you know where millennials are finding meaning and purpose? In our families. As I said earlier, we are attaching parenthood to our identities more than any other generation. 
We're changing things. We're setting good examples for families. Yes, a lot of work needs to be done. But we are setting good examples for how important families are to us. And the world is taking notice as we spend more time with our kids. The world is taking notice as we demand a balance, even for less money. Another point on this. Do you know what mechanism this McKinsey study said was the most influential way to reach millennials? That's right, social media. They know that us millennials are masters at it. We also really suck at it sometimes. I've seen many examples. Social media has forced transparency more than any other mechanism in history. And of course, this is my opinion, but I'm willing to argue it. Uh, It's forced transparency even more so than journalists working for big news organizations. We're saying to the world, this is what we value. Show us what you value. And we are aligning our values with our places of employment. And I definitely agree. I'll say it again, that there is still a whole lot of stupid out there on social media. But it's also one of the most powerful tools in the world, and we can treat it like that. Millennials are changing the norms right now with regards to work-life balance. We are changing the norms on creating and enjoying experiences with our children. We've started a solid movement that has now become strong enough that the focus on familial benefits is becoming the norm, and hopefully this movement continues so we can change the negative perceptions that are unfortunately plaguing fatherhood.